the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Restrictions apply for complete details. The following program is sponsored by Know the Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy offers spiritual gifts, our God-induced and spirit-energized abilities for service. They are the greatest gifts of God empowered by the Holy Spirit so that you can minister in some special capacity within the church and beyond the church. already know your spiritual gifts. Maybe you're teaching Sunday school, working in the nursery, or serving an administrative role in your church. But today on Know the Truth, we're discovering God's deeper purpose for your spiritual assignment. Our teacher, Philip DeCourcy, begins another message in our study about the Holy Spirit. As Philip opens to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're learning that each of us has an irreplaceable role to fulfill in the body of Christ. Today's message encourages you to make yourself useful. begin by telling you a story about four people. One named everybody, another named somebody, and then anybody and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's the story of most churches. When you examine the average Protestant evangelical church, you'll find that the majority of the work is done by a minority of the people. What Churchill said of the Royal Air Force during the Second World War and following the Battle of Britain could be said of the average church. Never was so much owed by so many, by so few. You see, the reason that uh, the typical church is not fully inflated is that many of its members are underemployed. Many Christians haven't showed up for work in the church. What we're really talking about here is that there is a failure on the part of many Christians to understand, discover, and employ their spiritual gifting through the Holy Spirit. God has got a work for you and me to do. But the problem is, many of us are underemployed. Many of us have failed to grasp that one of the legacies of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit is that each of you have been specially and particularly endowed and enabled for a certain ministry. In fact, as I step back from that and think about underemployment of of many Christians, I think there are a number of factors in that. It could be a leadership issue. 
Because if you go to Ephesians 4 verse 11, you'll find that one of the, one of the jobs of the, of the pastor teacher is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And sometimes the problem of underemployment in the church is a leadership issue. There's a failure on the part of pastors and leaders to equip the body for service. Sometimes there's a clergy model, a professional staff that suffocates the ministry, but that's unbiblical and it's unhelpful. The underemployment problem, but isn't just a leadership issue. Sometimes it's a learning issue. There in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians in verse 1, we read, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. This is another problem. There are many people in the church of Jesus Christ that are ignorant of the gift of spiritual gifts. They have a lack of understanding. They have a stunted comprehension as to the meaning, universality, design, and place of spiritual gifts within the, the church. Sometimes the underemployment that we see in the church is a leadership issue. Sometimes it's a learning issue. Sometimes it's a laziness issue. Okay? Some people have been trained and put into places of ministry by leadership. Sometimes they have come to fully understand the meaning, design, and purpose of spiritual gifts. But, but over time they get lazy. They throttle back and they neglect to fulfill their calling. Is that not what was going on at least for a season in the life of Timothy? When Paul has to write to him in 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 and tell him not to neglect the gift that had been given to him by the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Timothy, um, either out of fear or fatigue, had put his, his gift on the shelf. And that's a bad thing to do. And so there is so much owed by so many to so few within our churches because sometimes there's a, a leadership deficit or a learning deficit or a, simply an issue of, of laziness. And so I want us to eavesdrop on Paul as he corrects this church concerning the use of spiritual gifts. But the thing we want to come away with is that that you and I have a vital and indispensable role to play in the church. Every Christian does. Paul acknowledges that in chapter 12 and verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Each of us has been endowed and enabled by the Holy Spirit to play a critical, indispensable, vital role in the church. Only when you and I are involved will the church be all that it can be, whole and healthy. Listen, guys, this is a, a sentence I want you to think about and take away from the message today. The best gift you can give to this church is your spiritual gift. Think about that. The best gift you can give to this church is your spiritual gift. So let's look at this passage. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want us to look at the definition of spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift may be defined as a spiritual enablement, endowment, and empowerment, which the Lord Jesus gives through the agency and activity of the Holy Spirit to every believer to equip them to serve God in some specific way. Well, that was too long. Let's, let's narrow it down a little bit. 
Okay, let's put it more succinctly. A spiritual gift is a God-given, grace-endowed ability for service toward the church and toward the world, because one of the gifts is evangelism. And guys, you and I want to be aware of that. In fact, there's, there's three words that Paul employs here, just looking at verses 4 through 6 of chapter 12. Look what he says. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of, of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So these endowments, these enablements are described as gifts, they're described as um, activities, and they're described as ministries. The word gift carries the idea of, of grace, that which is given in an undeserved uh, manner. Uh, the word ministry is the, the idea of service, and the word activity here kind of carries the idea of that which is empowered and energized by the Holy Spirit. And I think when you look at those three words and fuse them together, that's what we've got. You know, spiritual gifts are God-induced and Spirit-energized abilities for service. They are the greatest gifts of God towards us. And so the, you and I want to just get that nailed to the floor, that a spiritual gift is a grace gift given by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that you can minister in some special capacity within the church and beyond the church. Now, let me say something by way of clarification. Spiritual gifts are not the same as natural talents. Natural talents are a matter of natural birth. Spiritual gifts are a matter of new birth. They are salvation gifts. There's a close relationship between the word charos, meaning grace, and charismata, meaning gifts. I believe that that's what spiritual gifts are. They are endowments of grace that were given to us when we received God's grace in salvation. Um, we, we have certain natural talents and bents that, that we um, got from God through our parents, but we have some unnatural, supernatural bents that have come from God independent of our parents. We received our talents at birth. We received our spiritual gifts at new birth. Now, that said, I want to say this, that within God's providence, the one can complement and augment the other. I thought about that this week when I was studying, and I reminded myself that God doesn't waste His common grace toward us before we came to Christ. It's always interested me, Paul's words in his letter to the church at Galatia, that he was separated under the gospel from his mother's womb. God knows who he's going to save. And God knows what he's up to from the moment a baby begins to breathe, from the moment a baby is conceived in its mother's womb. Do you think God wasted Paul's background? Do you, do you think his time at the feet of Gamaliel was coincidental? His Jewish upbringing? No, no, God crafted this guy both naturally and then in salvation supernaturally. And I think you have a fusion of those two things in Paul's life, making him a unique apostle, making him the effective servant of God that he was. In fact, um, 
A number of years back, I was preaching at the Believer's Chapel in Dallas, which was once pastored by Dr. S. Lewis Johnson, who was famous uh, for his teaching ministry at Dallas Seminary. He, he groomed a crop of, of expositors that continued to, to make an impact on our generation. And, and learning something of his life, I was interested to learn when he was at university, he was an ardent golfer. He, you know, that's where he spent his time. He had to find uh, some courses that fitted into his schedule in terms of his golf game, and so he ended up taking classical Greek. He had no passion for it, but you know what? He wanted to play golf, and that was the class that fitted his, uh, you know, his, his calendar. Amazing thing is, some years later, he gets saved, and God begins to groom him into you know, one of the leading evangelical scholars in America, and one of his fortes is Greek. You know, you've got this fusion of what happens before Christ and after Christ. God doesn't, doesn't waste anything. And so while our natural talents are distinct, sometimes God fuses those two things. A spiritual gift goes beyond the natural talent, but it may be linked to a natural talent. That's the definition of spiritual gifts. Secondly, I want to look with you at what I call the distribution of spiritual gifts. After and upon the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ to heaven, the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to establish the church by means of the universal, unique, unrepeatable, and unifying baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember we read in 1 John 7, 37 through 39, that the Holy Spirit hadn't come because Jesus had not yet ascended. But Jesus ascends and the Holy Spirit descends. And according to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, he does that unifying, unique, universal work called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which brings the church together, which baptizes us all into this this entity called the body of Christ. And as he baptizes us into that body, he equips us and bestows upon us certain gifts that he expects us to use within that body for the profit of all. Now, let me look at this distribution for a few moments. Three things here. Well, let's look at the source involved, the source involved. In the passage before us, The Spirit of God is predominantly and clearly identified as the source of our spiritual abilities and capacities. Uh, You'll read this phrase from verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And if you go through, you know, go to the verse 8 following, you read again uh, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Another uh, is given faith by the same Spirit. There may be a diversity of gifts, but there is a common source. Therefore, we acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is the source of gifts. And that comes through this passage repeatedly like a drum roll. But if you take a step back, that's a widen the angle on this. It's interesting that the whole Godhead is referred to in the distribution of gifts. Look at verses 4, 5, and 6. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. I believe that's a reference to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a profound thing, guys, isn't it? 
that the entire Godhead is involved in the distribution of spiritual gifts. And that puts them, in terms of significance, into the same category as creation and redemption. In each case, all persons within the Trinity are actively involved in creation, redemption, and the distribution of spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts is no minor league thing or doctrine. This is a major, you know, event in in God's work in the church and in the world. Implication, since God is the source of our gifting, He is also the authority in our gifting. The authority to teach, the authority to pastor, evangelize, administer, or help in the assembly does not come from having a certain kind of education, from any human ordination or licensing ceremony. It comes from God, the Holy Spirit, who has gifted us and called us to exercise that gift for the benefit of all. Now, the church has a role in recognizing that gift and often setting a man apart for that ministry. But, but the church is not the source of that man's authority. God is the source of a man's ministry. Of course, the church should recognize that and set men apart to that ministry. But when the church fails, it doesn't mean ministry ought to fail or men ought to stop ministering. Do you see the source involved? Secondly, do you see the saints involved? The uniform testimony of the New Testament is that spiritual gifts are distributed diversely to every believer without exception and without exemption. Look at chapter 12 and verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, each one for the profit of all. Go over to um, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. Again, this is a passage dealing with spiritual gifts. What do we read? To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. If you go over to 1 Peter 4, which again is another passage on this issue of spiritual endowments and enablements. In chapter 4 and verse 10, what do we read? As each one has received a gift... Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every one of you who professes Jesus Christ, who has encountered the grace of God in salvation, has also encountered the grace of God in service. The Spirit of God that regenerated you, baptized you, and placed you into this this entity called the church has equipped you so that you might further the work of God through the church. Every one of you is gifted. You're a spiritual child protege of God. And I want you to be aware of that. Each and every Christian has at least one gift, and that includes 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. That includes men. That includes women. In fact, the metaphor of the body of Christ, which will take place in verse 12 and following of the chapter we're looking at, does that not reinforce this thought? What's Paul's whole point? Well, in some sense, the body is one. You know, this is it, one body. But if you look at it, it's got hands, it's got feet, it's got legs, it's got a torso, it's got parts of it are are prominent, parts of it are hidden. But um, the bottom line is that every part of the body has a part to play. There are no Christians surplus to requirement. Listen, there are no overruns in the kingdom of God. 
We've all got a role to play. A couple of implications of that very quickly. One, we must minister without envy. Okay? When you discover what God has called you to do, do it, and don't look at what others are doing. God has called you to a special, particular, unique work. You need to accept your place within the body and don't envy someone else's gift. Each gift is unique. Each gift is important and and indispensable. Listen to this. I like this little statement. I've often thought about it. Nobody can be better at being you than you. Nobody can be better at being you than you, and God has called you to do something special, something unique, something that He has asked you to do. God has saved you on purpose. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10 reminds us of that, and verse 10 reminds us that God has got works for us to do that He has indeed predestined, ordained, decreed. Before we were even saved, God knew why He was saving us and for what. That's why Paul could say, He separated me from my mother's womb. Though I now realize that I was ordained to be an apostle. That's the work that God has planned for me. Be yourself in union with Christ. Don't try and be anybody else. Be like Christ. That'll do it. Don't try and live someone else's life, okay? Little David realizes, you know what? If I'm going to go up against Goliath, I'm not going to wear Saul's armor. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. It's the same with with Peter when he learns he's going to be martyred and he looks across and sees John kind of resting up against the Lord Jesus and says, well, what about him? And what does Jesus say? What about him? And what's it got to do with you? You know? When I was called to the ministry... God gave me an older man in my life. I I dearly loved a man called Joe Law. He always kept an eye on me and encouraged me in the things of God. When I told him I felt called to the ministry, this guy was no crybaby, but he wept because he felt it was an answer to prayer. He'd been keeping an eye on me from my conversion. And and a year or so after that, when I was kind of cutting my groove in the ministry and cutting my teeth as a, as a preacher, I went back to my home church at Rathcool Baptist Church in Belfast. And after the sermon, Joe came up and gave me a big bear hug and encouraged me. And, and, he, and he said, Philip, always be yourself. And what he meant by that, you know, don't try and be someone else. Be like Christ. That's it. Because in Northern Ireland at the time, there were, there were a couple of kingpin preachers. And a lot of preachers were mimicking them, trying to be a copycat of that kind of preacher. And I think Joe was just warning me as a young pastor, be yourself. Never be ashamed of who you are in Christ. May we make the most of every opportunity to use our spiritual gifts. This is Know the Truth, and you're listening to a message from Philip DeCourcy titled, Make Yourself Useful. You can order this or any of Philip's messages on CD when you visit ktt.org. At Know the Truth, we're here to equip you with God's life-giving Word to deepen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you've benefited from this daily Bible teaching from Philip DeCourcy, we hope you'll stand with us today and give. At the end of the year, we're especially in need of faithful friends like you who will pay it forward for someone else. As you've been blessed by the ministry of Know the Truth, We hope you'll give a generous year-end donation to ensure that new listeners in your city and cities around the country will be able to hear and respond to God's Word preached clearly and accurately. 
And when you give before December 31st, you'll receive the Know the Truth Journal. It's specially designed to record your Bible study notes and prayers. Ask for the KTT Journal when you give a generous year-end gift online at ktt.org. Or give when you call 888-644-8811. You can also donate by mail when you write to Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. Give today and share God's Word with friends all across America because it's your generosity that makes Know the Truth possible. Now, if it's your first time contacting us, we also have a welcome gift we'd like to send you. It's a CD message titled, Peace on Earth. You'll enjoy this Christmas encouragement from Pastor Philip, and you might want to pass it on to a friend. Ask for the CD message when you call 888-644-8811. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Tomorrow, we'll hear more about our different roles in the body of Christ. It's part two of today's message called, Make Yourself Useful. Listen Thursday to Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surrounddc.com. That's surrounddc.com. Since childhood, Brooklyn has struggled with debilitating anxiety, but she found comfort on the radio. It was like every single time God was just telling me again, I'm here for you. And Focus was that ministry he used to be that voice I needed in that exact moment of time. I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Brooklyn. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. Go to WAVA.com, keyword family. The next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.